Good to be with you this morning. If you haven't figured it out by now, this is a youth service. So, and if you haven't figured that out by now, then you must be sleeping. So, um, but we are happy to be here, and you know we're not here to perform. Um, we're here to minister for God and to lead you in worship. And uh, for me, I'm here just to share with you what God has laid on my heart this morning. And if you looked at my title for the sermon, you have to read it a certain way. And I know you probably didn't know how to read it. Um, You can't just read it, are you kidding me right now? You you can't say it that way. Okay? You have to say it, are you kidding me right now? That's how you have to pronounce the saying. And I have to give credit to the saying is it really came from Pastor Colby, who is overseas epic is the worship leader there because um, when something goes not according to plan, all of a sudden you hear from his office, are you kidding me right now? And he has a lot of us saying that. And as I was preparing this message and reading the scripture that we're going to be looking at, this kind of fit with what we're going to be talking about, that at times you just throw your hands up in the air and you say, are you kidding me right now? And, and so it's funny because cause Colby's kids even say that now as well. So, so he's getting them trained at an early age to say that. And I think some of the youth are starting to say that, and, and it's rubbing off on, on all of us. But, uh, you know, there's so many times where we set out to do one thing, and then we end up doing something else. And, and it gets so frustrating to us. And that's the passage we're going to look at. Um, you can follow along as, as I read it up on the screen. It's Romans chapter 7. We're going to mainly be looking at verses 15 through 25. And here's what those verses say. It says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do, no, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who, who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. All right, you guys got that? It's all explained. We're ready to move on. Go home. Take that and apply it. You know, you read that, And I know so many times I read it and you're just kind of like, what in the world is he trying to say? Is Paul trying to say here? Because it just seems like he goes back and forth, back and forth. What is this about the law? What is this about sin? And all those kind of things. And and it just gets clouded up. And sometimes I think we read a passage and instead of looking into it more, we're just like, I I don't totally understand. I'm just going to move on to something else. You know, and I'll read something that I can understand a little bit better. So, I want to read this to you, and then we're going to talk about it, out of a translation, which is the message, and and look at it 
a, a little bit differently. Um, now, I may not start right where, okay, what I don't understand. I, mean, I want to make sure I'm starting at the same point um, in mind. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another, doing things I absolutely despise. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. But I need something more, for if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in action. Sometimes something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but am pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. I want to look at this because if you're like me, I think we all struggle this way. That there's so many times that we want to do good and then we don't do it. Or it's the opposite thing where we don't want to do bad, but then we do it anyway. And there's that constant fight. And if you look at this, what Paul is saying here is we have a law or commands that are set out before us in the Bible. And, you know, do not steal, do not covet, if you read a little bit ahead of that. There, there's things that we're just not supposed to do. And we know that. What sin has done, or what Satan has done, is he takes the law, so let's say, let's say do not lie. We know that's a sin, we're not supposed to do it. Well, we know we're not supposed to do that. Sin comes in and tempts us, and takes the law, which we know we're not, you know, here's what we're supposed to be following, not to lie, and says, well, you know what? It's not going to be so bad. Go ahead and do it. You know, for me, when I was growing up, lying became something that I just did, even if I didn't have to. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, my parents would ask me a question, and, you know, I could answer it, and there wouldn't be any problem with the way answering by the truth, but I'm just like, eh, I'm just going to tell a lie and see if I can get away with it. Stupid, but you see how, you know, what I should have been doing, but then it's just that temptation, well, let's see if I can get away with doing this. Okay. Now, thankfully, I've overcome that. Am I still tempted at that? by that? Yeah. There's some times where it's easy to just, you know, it's just, you know, tell a lie. Or whatever it is. So, you have that, you know, the law shows us what not to do or what we should be doing, sin gets in there and kind of twists it around and makes us rationalize that, you know what, I'm going to tempt you and go ahead, the things you're supposed to do, I'm going to make it so you don't do them, the things you're not supposed to do, 
I'm going to make it so you do. You know, so is what we have in the Bible bad? No. But what sin has taken, some of the things that we're supposed to be doing, and makes it look like, okay, this is wrong. And then what do we do as people who are trying to follow Christ? When we mess up, we blame everybody except for ourselves. You know, well, you know, it's this person, or it's that, or it's this, or it's that. Instead of just blaming the sin or blaming Satan. So there's this constant struggle. And hopefully for all of you, I think we're all there with something in our life that we struggle with. Or maybe it's different things. Maybe it's one thing. Or maybe there's just different things come up each day. For some of us, it could be each hour that, you know what, I know I'm supposed to do this, but man, I messed up again. I messed up again. And a lot of times, what do we do? We just get frustrated. We see in this passage that the author is just frustrated. And he gets to the point where he says, you know, I'm a wretched man. How miserable I am. And I think too many times, we don't go on like he does. And what we'll look at in a second, what we do though, is we just give up hope. And we turn around and we walk away and we say, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the constant fight. I'm just going to give up. I'm going to give up. I'm not going to try walking with God anymore because I don't like dealing with this constant. And I'm sorry to tell you, but it's going to be there. And it's how we deal with it that makes all the difference. And he goes on in the one verse. Chris, I don't want it up there yet, but I'm just going to read it. Second, you know, he goes on to say the answer, and we're going to get into this a little bit later. Is thank God is that Jesus Christ can and does help us through. And we're going to show a little bit of skit that kind of talks about how we walk in our spiritual. Growing up takes a long time. When we were babies, it was good to know our parents didn't act like this. Hey, you don't need to get upset. Your son will learn how to walk. Just some children will take longer than others. My son's already a year old, and he still doesn't know how to walk. Hey, man, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't start walking until I was, like, 13. You didn't start walking until you were 13? Yeah, it never really interested me. It wouldn't be that big of a deal if he could do some tricks like catch a frisbee or play dead or something. He's not a dog. Sometimes I wonder. Oh, here he goes. He's starting to stand up. All right, he can do it. One, two. Come on. You always do the same thing every time, you dumb baby. You take two steps and then you fall. You stupid, stupid, dumb baby. You'll always be stupid and dumb. And it's the same with our spiritual lives. Growing up is hard. I mean, I don't know about you, but I still stumble a lot. I wonder how an infinite, holy God reacts when we fall. I'm God and you're not. Yeah, but I just don't understand how you stand there. I don't like watch your 
doing great. You know what I noticed? He doesn't seem to fall as much as he does. When he does fall, I'll be there to catch him and pick him up. Right? Pick it up. Pick up this guy. He's still stuck. Uh, he has a hard time. He's taken so many steps. So are you saying it's No. The more steps they take, the closer they are to me. It doesn't matter if they only take one step. Every choice is one step. Aren't we thankful that we serve a God who isn't like the Father, who, you stupid, stupid baby, and and that we can live it. And I, I want to give you one other illustration that comes from from my childhood, um, with, with the struggle that's there when we know there's something we're not supposed to do, and yet we do it. Um, we have a little kind of like a, a food cupboard over here, and in our cupboard at home when I was little. There was always, back then it was actually like tin or metal. There was like a container of the Hershey's cocoa that my mother would bake with and, and use, use for different things. And when I was little, you know, we, we had chocolate in our house, but not a lot. And I would always see this sitting up on the cover and I'd be like, Mom, can I have some of this? Can I have a spoonful? It's chocolate. And she'd be like, no, it doesn't taste good. You won't like it. I'm like, but mom, it says it's Hershey's cocoa. Can I have some of it? And she'd be like, no, you don't, you know, you do not want this stuff. And, you know, we'd go back and forth. I'd forget about it for a couple weeks, come back. You know, I'd see it out that she'd be making cookies or whatever. And I'd be like, mom, can I have a spoon of that? You know, and, and it would be this constant thing. Now, I honestly can't remember which way it happened. It probably happened the latter. I can't remember if my mom said, all right, here. And she gave me a spoon and had me taste it. Um, I think it happened the other way that one day while my parents weren't around. <laughs> um, but I, I honestly can't totally remember. Um, but I took... Did any of you want to try this? It's good stuff. But, you know, I I, I got this and, and I popped off. Then you had the little, like... Or tin or metal, you popped off the little circular thing, um, you know, and, and you, you got, I got a little bit on a spoon. I was like, this is going to be out because it smells good. Great. And, you know, my, in my head, I'm, you know, if, if I did it the set, which I'm pretty sure I probably did the second way, you know, I'm thinking, all right, my mom told me this wasn't, you know, I shouldn't do this. And I think she's just telling me that because she doesn't want me to eat all of her stuff that she bakes with. You know. And, and so I took some and just, <laughs> oh. Oh. Horrible. I'm not going to be able to preach. Anyone else want to? It's good stuff. Don't you guys want to try it? It's like pasted onto my teeth now. You sure you don't want to try? Anybody? No? Alright. But we do that. I'm going to have to drink water the rest of the time. It's all over my suit. And, you know, it, it's the same type of thing. You know, 
finally I gave in and tried it. And first thought that went through my mind was I'm going to die. And then, you know, the next thought is, wow, my mom was right. That stuff's horrible. Ugh. That stuff's horrible. And you know what happens is, you know, we have those struggles, but we rationalize and and we and we keep going through. You know what? Even though I know it's, you know, people are telling me, God is telling me you shouldn't do this. I want to do it. And finally we give in. Like, I gave in and did that. It's going to be hard to do the second service again. I, I did that, and not only is it horrible right at that moment, but a lot of the things we give into has lasting effects. Like right now, this is just this is disgusting. It, it's nasty. And it has, it's just the aftertaste is horrible. And so many times, we do stuff, and we give into it, and the aftertaste is horrible. And we sit there, and we go, why did I just do that? I read in God's Word, I heard Pastor Rick, I heard this person, I heard God all say, you shouldn't do this. And yet I sit there and do it. I'm a horrible person. And a lot of times that leads us to just, you know what? Give up. I can't do this anymore. Just throw verse 24 up there. It says, I've tried everything and nothing helped. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? I don't know if you're at the end of your rope this morning where you're just frustrated with your Christian walk or you're frustrated where you're going or maybe you don't have a Christian walk and you're here this morning just because you're at the end of your rope and you don't know who to turn. You know, we try to fix things on our own. We try to do it on our own. Or we try to get the next best book, self-help book that will get us through Sorry, I got water. Uh, next service, I'm taking a little amount. Or I'm going to make one of them do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I probably I probably look awful from out there. But, um, you know, and we try to do it ourselves. And the author gets to the real thing. He finally says, wait, go back. Sorry, Chris. He says, is there, an, is there no one who can do anything for me? And, guys, that's, you know, we can't do it on our own. Despite the struggle and doing what we don't want to do or not doing what we should do, we can't do this on our own. We need to come to the point where we say, is there anyone? And then, he goes on to that next verse. Now you can flip to it, Chris. The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does 
He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. You know, when we accept Christ, if you're sitting here, I'm not debating whether or not you don't want to follow Christ, because I think once you have Him in your life, you want to. But so many times, you do something totally different. And you're like, what is going on? But you read at the beginning of that verse, the author turns and says, you know what? Thank God that Jesus Christ can and does. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, it says, thanks be to God that He gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He died on the cross for us. Paid that penalty for our sins, but then He rose again on the third day. And He's in heaven waiting for us. And because of that, He gives us a victory over sin, over death. And what that really gives us is a hope. A definite hope that, you know what, when I go through these struggles, I know that in the end, God's going to give me a victory. I'm going to hold on to that. And when I'm tempted to do what I'm not supposed to do, I'm not going to give in. Because God is there for me. He's going to give me that victory. And it's part of where you have to set your mind at. It's where you have to focus your eyes. It's where you have to put your perspective on seeing things through God's eyes. And when you do that, it changes how you handle this fight that is constant. The series that we're doing right now with the youth is trying to get them to change their perspective a little bit. Um, our titles are a little different. If you've seen our, our um, bulletin boards out there, the series that we're doing right now, and I'm going to explain it after I say it, our series title is called Shiver, Naked, Vomit, Jail, Starve. Okay? That's our series title. I'll say it again. Shiver, Naked, Vomit, Jail, Starve. And it comes from Matthew chapter 25. There's a little bit in the one insert that you have in your worship folder where basically people are saying, God, when did we do this? Or when did we not do this for you? And he basically goes through and says, when someone was naked, you clothed them. When they were sick, you comforted them. When they were in jail, you visited them. You know, And that's so we put those words together and came up with our title. And basically talking about how other people matter and how when you see things, and when you see needs, you need to go out and meet them. We made, I have mine on, we had bracelets made that say, Shiver, Naked, Vomit, Jail, Starve. That some of them are wearing them. That they're going to be wearing that when they see this, and they see something going on, that they need to look at it, that other people matter. i got to see this through God's perspective, and I need to help. It's already happened for me. There is a time where I just... I walked by people who I knew needed help, and I ignored it back in December. And I ignored it and walked away and was doing something else, and all of a sudden in my head, give naked vomit, you'll starve. Give naked vomit, you'll starve. Other people matter. You know, and, but, you know, and, and it wasn't like, so I went back, and I'm like, you know, I need to be doing this. And it's starting to change my perspective even more that other people matter, that the little things that sometimes we walk by, and one of the kids was telling me that there was someone stuck in the snow and they went back and helped because he's like, we have to go help them. And they had been sitting there for over 20 minutes and no one 
had bothered to see if they needed any. So they were able to help them. So it's a perspective thing. And it's the same with this. When you're going through those struggles, you need to realize that there is hope and that God has given you the victory. We go through here, I just want to give you a few things. First of all, that you just need to realize that the fight is there. That there's going to be a battle. This is talked about in Romans. That there's going to be times when you know what you're supposed to do. And there's going to be a fight that, man, I just really don't want to do. Or you know what you're not supposed to do. I want to do that. And you're saying, are you kidding me right now? I have to go through this? You need to know that there's going to be that struggle. And it's going to be there. And as you advance in your Christian walk, I'm sorry to say, but it's still going to be there because as you become more and more like Christ, like we're supposed to be, you're going to notice more and more things about yourself that you struggle with and you have to fight through. So that you just need to know that fight is always going to be there, that you shouldn't get down about it because we know what the end result is. You shouldn't give up. You should persevere. You need to push through it because it's going to be there until we're in heaven with God. And that's the total victory. And that struggle is going to be totally gone. So know that the fight, the struggle within us is always going to be there. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't give you the right to give up on your walk with Christ because you struggle. An author of one of the books of the Bible was saying, I hate that I go through But it's part of my Christian You also need to know that through God you can conquer this. What does Philippians 4.13 say? Okay, I can do all things or I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. That you can know that you can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength. As you go through these battles, as you get to a point where Man, this, I don't want to do this, but I think I might. Go to that verse. Have it memorized. Philippians 4.13. Memorize other scripture that you can just gotta say that and that's going to get you through this. National championship in college football was Thursday night. And the quarterback... For Florida, Tim Tebow. I don't know if any of you follow football. You may not like Florida at all. That's okay. Um, has that Philippians 4:13 on his little? You know, the, they they used to put charcoal. Now they actually have like stickers that do the same thing. And he's able to write Philippians 4:13 on that. And you know, I, I researched him a little bit because so many athletes do stuff like that just to do it. And uh, He's a genuine guy. His parents started a, a mission service in the Philippines. He goes there every year and works there, speaks at schools. 
he's very, very vocal about his faith. And it's just cool that he has that out there, that you know what, no matter what the trial, because he has so many people trying to find things wrong with him, that there has to be something wrong. You know, he can't be this, this actual moral person that is also a good football player. You know, there has to be something wrong. And it was funny because in the game near the end of it, he got a penalty because he did the gator chop at one of their players. And the announcers were like, well, hey, we found something that he did wrong, you know? And, but, uh, but here's a guy that he knows, you know, I can do all of this stuff, all of the publicity that he has now, all of the temptations, he is staying true to, you know what, this could go all the way. I still have the mission stuff I'm doing in the Philippines. I still have this, this, and it's more important. Then my football, yes, I'd love to play in the pros, but this is more important if I lose this because God is the most important thing and he helps me through everything. He lives out that verse. It's cool to see that example. But we need to know that we can, through God, that you can conquer anything. And then just the final thing is that you need to know that at the end, the victory is complete. That this war that goes on inside of us is over. It's done. It's finished when we're in heaven with God. And that should give you the hope that, man, at the end, that that's where I'm going to be. I won't have to struggle with this. So you need to know that the fight is there. It's going to always be there. You need to know that God can get you through anything and know that in the end, that victory is complete. You're sitting here this morning, and you don't know him personally. You know, I encourage you to see one of the pastors and to start that relationship with him that can get you through any type of struggle. You know him personally. But you're just struggling with stuff, and you're constantly giving in, constantly giving in, constantly giving in. Because it's a fight. Please don't give up. Please don't walk. Because Jesus is the answer. He's who you need to hold on to. Because if you walk away from it, are things going to get better? No. It's going to get worse. You need to have that relationship with God and just hold on to. And you may not be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but just hold on to I know God can get me through this. In the end, I'm going to have that. Whatever. But you need to sell into it wholeheartedly. Just like when, on, when this past Wednesday night, I told the youth, do not take one of these. You're not ready to sell into this wholeheartedly. I don't want you taking a bracelet just because I think it's cool. To have one. You're taking this and you're telling God. And this morning, as we go into our, our last song, I just take my life. You know, as we sing it, if you need to just tell God, you know what, I want you to take my life. I want to be in this. I know there's going to be a fight, but I'm tired of coming up on the wrong end, of giving in, of not doing stuff. 
tell God, you know what? I'm in this now. I want you to have victory through me. Just do that. You don't have to come up front unless you feel like you do. This altar is always open to come and pray here, as we sing this last song. But just in your own view, as you're standing, as, as we're doing this final song, if you're just feeling, you know, God, I want to tell you that, that I'm in this. For good. And I want to get to the point where I no longer have to say, are you kidding me right now? That I only say that when my computer goes dead. But that you don't have to say that. That you can say when you're struggling with something, you know what? The answer is you. I want him to have my life. As we sing, just be thinking about those things.